Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship. Warning. Good afternoon and good morning. Welcome to Rebel News live stream, the daily version. I'm sure there's a night version coming, producer Justin. Thank you for joining me, Dre Humphrey. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Coming to us all the way from British Columbia. Rebel News live streams are to get you the daily stories from Rebel News, the news around the world. Take your hyper chats from Odyssey, your chat from the other platforms, SuperU and Rumble as well. And you can give us your comments, your questions. You can send us links. You can do whatever you want to a point, I think, Dre Humphrey. And we'll get to some of rebelnews.com's best stories of the day. Um, any any breaking news in BC we should be concerned about? Because I'm hearing from producer Justin that Alberta mm -hmm. just said that they aren't going to completely um, take away all of their <laughs> restrictions for another six weeks. How soon they've backpedaled. So mm -hmm. six weeks is a lot in COVID time. As we know, we've seen how much two weeks can last. So six weeks of counting cases means the hysteria can live on, right? For sure. And just like Australia, where Aviumini is, it's always three days, seven days, just another two weeks, just another seven helicopters circling, just another, you know, 2,000 police uh, patrolling the square. It's a, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of us here at the office predicted that Alberta would, you know, falter a little bit, uh, shake in their boots. I don't understand where this uh, idea from Jason Kenney comes from. Alberta NDP says it has persuaded province to delay plans to end COVID-19 measures. If you are a real conservative government, why are you listening to the NDP is my first question. And they, their <laughs> supporters have been protesting for like a week. So was that a plant? Did they protest just to make it seem like there is resistance? Are they just afraid of Twitter, Drea? What's going on here, do you think? I don't know. Like it just, something doesn't seem quite right. And how many protesters were, it was like 400 or something like that, or was it more? Now? I don't know. It was weird that they protested um, against their own restrictions. Like they broke their own restrictions to protest yeah. for more. So it didn't really make sense. If you believe in social distancing, you think it's too dangerous. Why are you gathering with a bunch of people to protest? Should have been on Zoom. Sense. Should have been on Zoom. It should have been. It should have been a silent Zoom protest and speaking and singing <laughs> uh, perpetuates the virus. Speaking of the virus, um, the Canadian forces, we have a article on rebelnews.com, which is, I believe, from Freedom of Information Requests or Access to Information. Canadian forces is bringing in a vaccine passport. Now, I was reading this earlier. You can read the rest at rebelnews.com. They basically have an you have an identification card an immunization record um, and they want you to be able to carry all this stuff around with you to different provinces so if i'm being uh the devil's advocate here i would say that if i was the canadian forces i would be saying we don't want to have to send our soldiers anywhere and have them rejected um, when they're going province to province now the weird thing about this drea as I was in the military, um, they give you like an immunization booklet you would have as, as a kid. So you could just literally just use that if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. I don't see why there would be a need to, for a new program. You could carry around this tiny booklet with you. And when you join the, the military, they give you a, bajil a nice concoction of shots anyways that you, uh, that you didn't realize that you needed. So I don't understand why it couldn't just be included in that and they would have that and therefore there would be no uh, announcement. My guess is that they are trying to, you know, hammer out the functionality and the logistics of this, and thus I think it will fail <laughs> because, uh, you know, the Canadian government isn't going to be actually this good at that stuff. I know they tried a vaccine passport. They they completely are doing it in New York right now, but a few months ago I talked about on a live stream that the New York Yankees were trying a vaccine passport for their games and. It was so confusing to fans. The system didn't work. The one they tried for subway passes in New York got hacked and immediately there was problems and they had to scrap it. And now they're going back to making it a statewide thing. So it, it's not a, not a promising thing, I think, for the government to try to implement this stuff. I don't think it's going to work well. And obviously people are going to have black market passports. Your thoughts on this? Well, I agree. I think it's going to be complicated. And like you said, we're already seeing that. But I also think that 
they probably ultimately want this to be digital, right? They want to get rid of the paper option. So I don't know if the solution is going to be like, okay, well, we have to have this one system. This was one size fits all digitally done. And then maybe that's the whole plan to begin with. <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. They're always like, testing out like little things like Doug Ford wanted the digital Ontario ID over a year ago, possibly pre-pandemic, he suggested it. But they're always testing little things across the country, I feel like. And then they just roll it out. It really does feel like a uniparty at this point. I mean, you got the vaccine passport in Quebec and then... Doug Ford says, no, you can use a federal one if you want, if you're in Ontario, but I don't support it. And then Alberta's, you know, they're trying their little bit of rollback to go where everybody else is. They're all doing the same thing, just at slightly different times. And it's like a cog in machine, you know, those old cartoons, black and white with the music going, dun, 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 and then they're all working together, <laughs> but they're all spiraling down to the same drain, I feel like, Drea. It's just a bunch of knee-jerk reactions. Like, I don't know how much thought is being put into any of this. And it just seems like they, they roll it out and take it back. And I don't know, I'm hearing in other countries, like from people who live there, that even though passports are out, no one's really abiding by them. No one's asking, hey, do you have your passport? So, I mean, that would be different for the military, obviously, but... Yeah. I don't, I don't see how a restaurant who's been closed for the majority of all this is going to start saying, hey, let's limit my customer base <laughs> immediately by like, what, 20%, I'd say. Ontario is one of the highest vaccinated places in the entire world. I mean, we're I think we're upwards to 80% now, um, whereas in the United States, and I've talked about this before, seem to plateau at 60 or 70%. Now, that is for eligible, obviously, uh, not for eligible, obviously, if you discount you know, children under 12, the number's gonna be higher, but you're always gonna hit this plateau. Minorities want it less, young people want it less in terms of getting a shot. And I think you're always gonna plateau out around this anywhere between 60 to 80%. And what, you're just gonna segregate 20% of the society and hope that the brunt force of the, the businesses or the propaganda really just hammers it home and they eventually comply. And then you have to ask yourself why? The one side would yeah. say it's for the safety of everybody, and the other side would say it's because they want to sell you this product, and they've made so many promises, and, and they're getting so many kickbacks that the, there's no nowhere else for them to go other than try to keep selling it to you. And when does it end? I mean, it's not going to stop with this. We already are hearing about the next scariants or uh, variants coming out, and so <laughs> it's going to be never-ending. And these uh, shots are not really giving people immunity, right? They're they're not like the chickenpox shots. They're all we're already buying the boosters for the next three years and things like that. So, you know, it just seems never ending with all of this stuff going on. And <laughs> I don't know. It, it just seems so weird that at the very beginning, before they even really knew anything about this virus, there was already the talk of you know, needing to lock down until there's a vaccine available and also some sort of, I think Gates called it a digital certificate was going to be needed. Like why, why did we think that was going to be needed? And then here we are. All of yeah, a sudden I remember early it. on the uh, on Ticketmaster was working with IBM right. really early on to try to do a vaccine passport for, for concerts. So they've, they've been working on this for a couple of years now, at least, Bill Gates and uh, large companies have been. So it should be no, of no surprise that they're now trying to implement it on a wider scale. Why, mm -hmm. if, if we're not going straight like evil route, I would think it's to, it's for, to push the profits down the line, you know? Uh, we perpetuate lockdowns, it helps the big businesses, it creates ultra billionaires and trillionaires. We, we push the vaccines, it, it gets the, uh, so not failing, but struggling vaccine companies like Johnson Johnson, owing billions of dollars. Um, the other, they're all being sued, taxes and whatnot. The various companies they're getting out of the the dumps. We know how much lobbying power they have, and then the government officials themselves they get m bigger budgets, they get raises, they get uh, longer lasting power. We just saw in the United States. I don't know if you can find that quickly, Justin, but Nancy Pelosi. And the Democrat House just got a raise of all, to almost two hundred thousand dollars from one seven. I think it went from early or low one seventies to one hundred ninety nine thousand per year. So people are struggling, businesses are closing, and uh, let's give ourselves raise raises. And they're doing that in Australia as well. So I think everyone from 
the municipal level of government up is winning. You have the government mm -hmm. level winning, and then you have big businesses winning, which are, and they're really connected at the top is what I'm seeing, Drea. Yeah, well, in BC, you asked about breaking news. Oh, there that is with Nancy Pelosi. My goodness, how shameful. Um, yeah, BC, I believe, is the first province they're actually going to mandate the vaccine for long-term care workers and assisted living workers. That was just announced um, on Thursday by Dr. Bonnie Henry. So, I mean, you got to ask, long-term care workers, they are the frontline workers when it comes to this virus. <laughs> Nobody has as much experience with COVID-19 patients than them. They, that's where most of our deaths were. And so if they're still having troubles and concerns or, or want to wait and the government literally has to force them, they have till October to go ahead and be fully vaccinated or else that's it. And in the meantime, uh, wear masks and uh, regular testing. So what's going on here? Um, I've already had people since that was announced contact me uh, in that field that are really upset, prepared to they're discussing, you know, things right now. Um, but what's interesting about that is just in 2019, there was a ruling in BC, and actually Dr. Bonnie Henry was one of the expert doctors in that, um, that case, that ruling. And that was when they were trying to force nurses to be wear the mask if they didn't get the flu shot. And yeah, that, that case, was 10 years ago yeah. in Ontario as well. <laughs> Right. You guys had it, too. I mean, the outcome in, uh, was 2019, I believe. And that was that. No, they don't have to. Mm -hmm. It could be um, based on their professional decision, whether or not they would wear the mask and things like that. And then obviously, if you're symptomatic and things like that as well. So um, it's just it's such a flip. Like now you're you're going to lose your job. And, and, you know, if that's successful, if that actually happens, it's not going to stop there. You already have companies firing people before things are mandated, um, you know, maybe because they think that's the, the right way to go. So, <sighs> yeah, and I, I learned about this a few months ago. And uh, of course, the uh, nurses union there didn't get back to me. Maybe I should uh, send Justin the links for an upcoming live stream. But uh, a bunch of years ago in Ontario, uh, they wanted all the nurses who didn't get the flu shot in the in nurses working in hospitals who didn't get the flu shot to wear a mask. And then so it became pretty apparent of who hasn't received the flu shot. And they said, you know, this is othering us. This is discriminatory. You're basically shaming us into getting it. So they said, OK, you don't have to wear a mask if you don't get the flu shot. It's all optional. Fast forward to 2020 and the same union determined that it was too dangerous to participate in a study on the spread of the virus in hospital settings for those who aren't wearing a mask. So they said it was it's too discriminatory and everything to, to force people to wear a mask if they don't have one shot. But then if they don't have another shot for something, I won't even say because we'll get kicked off of YouTube. Uh, if you don't want to wear a mask for that, oh, that's too dangerous. We would never put our people through something so dangerous. So it's really weird, um, the double speak that they do. But I don't want to, you know, completely rag on the nurses' uh, profession because a lot of them have spoken up. But to your point of people emailing you, we do get a lot of emails from people working in places like universities and colleges and students and a lot of construction as well. And your options, as far as I can see it, is if you get fined, go to fightthefines.com, of course. But if you, you can file a human rights complaint, are they going to be on the government and these people's side? Probably. You might want to overload their system with complaints. I think you should. But I think ultimately, in the end, you need to gather together and stand up and make a protest outside of legal, ever do everything legally, make a protest outside of your, your company's property, outside of the union. The unions are the ones kowtowing to a lot of this. They're the ones responsible for this, yeah. all the stuff in the schools, all the stuff in the hospitals, uh, all the stuff in the, uh, the teacher's college, the nurse's college, all this stuff. They're the ones responsible for this. It's not like they're holding votes for this. So you need to band together. I would say at least four people. If you want to go together and get a news story out, get interviewed by us, get interviewed by somebody else, and really put public pressure on these companies because, as we've seen, a lot of frontline workers don't want to take it, uh, probably way less teachers, but a bunch of them don't want to take it. And in the United States, there's a uh, statistic that came out that said the people most like or least likely to take the vaccine, Justin, maybe you can find this, are people with PhDs and above. 
So it's really interesting. And <laughs> then we've even had stuff come out like half of the CDC's workers or 40% of them don't take it. And yeah. people who work for Fauci don't take it. So it's really weird that the people who are supposed to be the most trusted and they're saying that we're turning to them for all this advice, they're not taking it. But at the same time, they want to force them to take it. You know, so they're setting a good example for Australia. Mm-hmm. And, we, well, the yep. C- oh, oh, one more thing. The CDC is saying, you know, they're recommending masks, right? Like for people who are fully vaccinated, because they're saying when it comes to the Delta vi- variant, there's no difference between unvaccinated and vaccinated people uh, catching that virus again. So um, I think our last in BC is 95% of our cases have been the Delta but we're having quite a different stat- statistic being set out here, so I don't well, know. Well, I've noticed in places like London and a few other places, some of the weekly numbers, the vaccinated outnumber those who are unvaccinated in hospital. Yeah. Now, the logic behind what they're saying, I think, is that if you're vaccinated, the symptoms will be lessened yeah. and the hospitalizations are fewer, but it's still uh, a good 20% in most places. It's not the 99% that people are claiming that Joe Biden will claim. They've had this uh, phrase going around, Joe Biden said it. Uh, I believe some uh, politician in Alabama said it. And then in Quebec, they also said it in French, so they think you don't know is that all these people are on their deathbed and they're asking for the vaccine. That's not true. That's the yeah. talking point that they're pushing out. It's not 99%. It's much less. I mean, it's still it's still a, a significant number. It's not mm-hmm. uh, 50-50. It's about 80-20, but it's still a significant number. And now with the Lambda variant they're talking about, it's, uh, you know, it's completely ineffective, so let's lock down forever. And I think... <sighs> uh, I don't know. I think uh, it's weird. Did you see, Justin, can you pull up that Tim Dillon thing? Uh, about Australians. Tim Dillon, Australia, a comedian says Australians want to stay locked down. There's this comedian, Tim Dillon, and I know uh, Ezra Levant, our boss, really loves him. Tim Dillon, come on my show. Um, But he put out a statement. (laughs) Uh, Of course, he's joking. He's a comedian. He said, Australians love being locked down. Um, They just want to, they come from a history of criminals who have been in prison and they just want to get drunk in their backyard so they don't care. (laughs) Somebody published this, I think, Daily Mail Australia or something like that. Uh, Outrage, shock at such statement. And then further in the article, it says, but Tim Dillon may have a point as 80% of Australians uh, have approved Daniel Andrews' last lockdown. So maybe he's got a point there. My point overall with this is that people are accepting it. There we go. American... American comedian jokes Australians love lockdowns because they are lazy descendants of criminals who don't want to work and restrictions oh, aren't that bad because they just don't want to get hammered in their backyards. Oh, wow. And, uh, Justin, you want to scroll down to the statistic where they mention it? If you can highlight it and enlarge it for me. I'm not sure uh, where in the article it'll be. It'll be a percentage sign probably. No, and then, of course, the Daily Mail. 50% of their articles are tabloids, so they have bikini pictures of somebody. <laughs> Either way, 12 yeah. cases they're locking. Uh, <laughs> what's that say? Cases, uh, cases, not even deaths. Australia has 12 cases, and they're literally claiming people, uh, literally chaining people, the stand-up comic from New York said. Yeah, it's funny when, a uh, just like Joe Rogan, a comedian's podcast gets taken into uh, the realm of serious news coverage, and we're just like, <laughs> well, maybe he has a point. That's a, that might be scary. Shout out to yeah. Tim Dillon. Yeah. Oh, man. I saw something like that. Oh, I better not try to quote it, but it was basically like journalists confirm instead of <laughs> they didn't even use like a doctor or a scientist to confirm something. It was like the journalists confirmed. That's what Twitter does all the time. <laughs> Our yeah. experts, researchers, fact checkers confirm. Fact checkers could literally be people on 4chan. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, you know, there's a good conspiracy that goes around. It's probably not even conspiracy that when journalists refer to stuff on 4chan, it's entirely possible that they just post it themselves so they can write an article <laughs> about it. That's something for people to look into. Um, a Yukon candidate for the Conservative Party, who is obviously the most conservative party of all time, well, with their promoting. <laughs> busing children in to get vaccines. They have been fired for uh, saying that they're against vaccine passports, which is a very conservative thing to do. And they probably just thought nobody would notice because it's in a territory. Yukon Conservative Party candidate booted from position to, due to vaccine views. Jonas J. Smith, which is a great name, said he has been removed as candidate in the upcoming election. The 
former Yukon Conservative Party of Canada, Canada candidate, said he has been rejected from the party over his stance on vaccines. J. Jonah Smith, that's not Spider-Man's boss, that's J. Jonah Jameson, mm -hmm. announced his candidacy on July 13th. He was acclaimed as the Yukon candidate. He ran in 2019, was nearly successful, nearly losing to Liberal candidate Larry Bagnell, is that what that says? By less than 1% of the vote. And from what I understand, Drea, is that candidate is no longer there. And so he had a good chance to winning. This comes as shocking news to me, my family, my local campaign team, and my thousands of supporters across the territory, he said in a press conference. With an election call imminent, this is devastating news for the conservative movement in Yukon, and I fear I will have repercussions across the country. Now, to me, Drea, that says you're not that important because you're in the Yukon, and we can send somebody else up there who can be in a position to win, um, that's going to toe the party line. J Producer Justin's highlighting this, which means I should read it. I believe in standing <laughs> up for the rights of all minorities. Well, did we have to stir it? Including those of the unvaccinated. Be it for medical, religious, or personal reasons, and that our country needs less discrimination, not more. Generations <laughs> of Canadians have fought for our Section 15 charter rights, as well as freedom of choice when it comes to matters of bodily autonomy. And those proposed vaccination-related restrictions will vastly alter what our kind of what kind of country our children will inherit so glad i'm wearing my glasses today producer justin now um he lost me a bit at the start there drea with the i believe in standing up for the rights of minorities uh not that i disagree with that it's just a bit of a virtue signal the rest i believe in how do you feel about this um aaron o'toole anyone who disagrees with him or doug ford they got to be kicked out of the party don't they yeah, well, good job, Jonas. I don't know what he's so shocked about, though. I mean, like, <laughs> is this shocking that you're getting kicked out of the Conservative Party for conservative views? Like, I don't understand. I mean, I hope the rest of the politicians in the Conservative Party that have been not saying anything and just, I don't know how they even live with themselves. There's got to be mm -hmm. some who feel just like Jonas. I mean, let this be a sign. It's time to, uh, you know, clean up house there what's going on or i mean it's a sinking ship as far as conservative values go um but you know i don't know why he said the m minority thing i guess just not to be totally on one side or it could be because he's in the yukon and maybe there are a lot of people there who don't want to get the jab and maybe he's saying he's representing them i'm not sure um but yeah this is not shocking this is not surprising and i don't think it will be the end of it, unless, you know, a group of them speak out at the same time. Yeah, it all comes down to, you know, a group of people coming together and putting pressure on. If you can get pressure on people from, you know, 20 tweets, then a few hundred people coming together from any given union uh, should mm -hmm. put some pressure on. And the thing about that is the union has so much power, you could easily swing it the other way. If the teachers came together and said, you know, we don't want all this, do it for us, union, then they're going to do it. Then all of a sudden, the opinion is going to change. The people who work for the who actually work for the union that are meeting with Stephen Lecce in Ontario and Doug Ford, and uh, you know, making all these demands, put enough pressure on them, and and they're going to have to change their ways, or else you're going to get ousted as your union representative. You would have to think. And I think of this in the same way as the police when they're in places in Australia enforcing all these stupid lockdown measures. And I've heard people try to claim out here in Ontario, oh, the police are just waiting for you guys to stand up. They're just waiting for you guys to stop something. Mm. Or you could all just band together with your super pow <laughs> powerful union and say we're not enforcing these laws. Uh, too yeah. bad John Tory or too bad mayor of Newcastle, Ontario, whomever that may be, no offense. Um, and just not do it. Could do it in Hamilton where the mayor sucks. Could do it in Peterborough where the mayor sucks. So those are just mm. two examples of people who didn't want to debate me on my show. Um, well, I don't know what happened in, <laughs> in Vancouver. I don't know what happened in Vancouver, but the police were really good the whole time, the VPD. So kudos to whoever's making that decision. And I would say even our RCMP were pretty good as far hmm. as like the right to protest, you know, compared to you guys out there. Um, but, you know, the thing with segregation, like this, this whole Vax passport is promoting segregation. And it's like, you're either for that or you're against it. If you look into history, the government has been pro-segregation during times where we're outraged about it now. So it's like, why are people not seeing that at all? It's just ridiculous. 
it is ridiculous, and things are getting worse and worse and worse. And the segre people have basically been, you know, advertised to through social media and through government commercials to the point where they think this is okay and there's nothing wrong with it. Yes, it's okay to hate mm -hmm. the people that I think are the enemy. It's been happening mm -hmm. for a long time and it's finally boiling over. Well, you know, they're like, it's their choice. This, they had the choice to be like this. So that's why it's okay. <laughs> yes, everybody, it, choice is amazing until actually you just disagree with it. My body, my mm -hmm. choice. Um, we've got Super Chats, and I want to get to what I found to be a very entertaining David Menzies video. So I'm going to pull up the uh, the Rebel News phone, the Bat phone, I'll call it. Speaking of which, Justin, if you want to pull out that uh, Robin from Batman and Robin is bisexual now, that's a new thing. <laughs> After how many years? Is it like oh, Like eight? 70. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the what he's been wearing has always been suspect. He grew up a trapeze artist. Scary. He's an orphan. Uh, his parents died doing trapeze. So... Is it completely unbelievable? No. Had they done this in like 2010, would it be more believable? Yes. Will it fail? I also think yes, it will. Comic book <laughs> people are not very woke and it usually fails. Oh, we got a lot here, producer Justin. 19 library from Nastard. Here, take this nonsense crypto. <laughs> That's a good super chat there. <laughs> um, hyper chat, excuse me. Tyler Ma, whatever happened to shout to Justin, shout out to Justin. Okay, Justin, Justin failed at his own shutout. There it is. I think we need to update the guitar, Justin. How long have we, have we been using the same guitar for over a year? I think you just need to update it, you know, every once in a while so we get vari variations. Maybe like a double guitar, Justin? I don't know. All right. Shout out to Justin, but don't actually. History Club World says, it seems that one of the issues that needs to be faced is to bust a few unions, then we might finally be able to have the proper conversations and maybe also fire a bunch of bureaucrats. Follow History Club World on Instagram. Nice plug there. Um, yes, the unions have way too much power. There's so many places where you can't get a job as an electrician. My friend is one. So many places you can't get jo jobs in many fields if you don't just, you know, shut up and pay your due fee, like your fees to the, to the uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? the Illuminati symbol that they use for, their, for whatever their union is. The Electrical Workers Union is like somebody throwing an electric bolt. It's, it's, it's funny. And then they have to meet at like temples and stuff. So suspicious stuff, Dre Humphrey. Mm. Controlled opposition. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca Henderson says in a hyper chat, I was in the hospital yesterday and there was a baby who was completely distressed at seeing everyone with masks. He only stopped mm. crying when I would take off my mask to smile at him. He was reaching to take his mom's mask off, scared for the psychological harm on kids of not seeing facial expressions. I'd imagine, Drea, you have 17 kids. Is it, is it not harder to teach kids and to emote with them and to give them the proper like affirmations with a mask on? So for my little guy, he's never worn a mask and I prefer to let him be around people who don't wear masks because I'm also very concerned about that. I mean, body language is a huge part of language more so than, um, you know, just the words that you're saying. Uh, and then, you know, my older ones, they're a little like, you know, it's hard to be that one kid that doesn't wear the mask. So they, you know, wear it under the nose when they had to and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned about young kids and the environment that they've been in, such a fearful environment and not seeing emotions. Like, they're not even... Do you remember in the States, a woman went and pretended to be her daughter in high school and she made it yes. through, like, the whole day? Like, do the students don't even know what their teachers look like and, the, and vice versa. And so for a kindergarten, like a five-year-old to not know what their teacher looks like and the other way around, that's just horrible. Justin, can you search Clay Travis, Tennessee School Board? Uh, Clay Travis, I believe, is a musician, but he's been on a lot. He's done a lot of punditry in the United States, and he gathered up a bunch of people because he's got a huge following to go against mask mandates by their school board. And the school board is really snobby. Basically, we decide and you don't, which is really weird. It's completely the opposite. You don't like you're not a government official. You can be removed from the position if necessary. Um, so I thought that Clay Travis talks absurdity of, of masks as Tennessee school board votes to require them. See if you can find the video of this, Justin. Maybe it's on Twitter. Maybe find a minute of it. David Menzies just entered the studio. He's showing me a 
Big Turk candy bar, which is a big, like, you know how old men have these jokes they say 30 times over? <laughs> this is what yeah. he's doing. Um, pretty sure his dentures are failing him right now. Shout out David Menzies. Yeah, so my point with the Clay Travis stuff is you can gather together and you can make, uh, you know, make a yeah. stand against this. It's not a, a real law. Mask mandate, it's a mandate for a reason. Uh, Justin, I think he has the video. Let's show this and we'll keep talking about it for a bit. No? Justin, there we go. There he is. The difference against COVID, they aren't. Here's the truth. Our kids, under 25-year-old, one in a million chance that they are going to die of COVID. They are more likely to be struck by lightning. They are more likely to be struck by lightning. They are more likely to die of the seasonal flu. Have any of you ever mandated masks for the seasonal flu? Well, shame on you because every kid in Williamson County schools has been under more danger from the seasonal flu every year than they are for COVID. I would tell every parent here, don't let your kids wear masks. So there are tons of people were kicked out of that meeting. They were yelling at the, the school board in the parking lot, who of course retreated. You and it's happened in many counties, obviously more conservative ones, Tennessee, Arizona, places like that, um, where the school board just doesn't care. They unfortunately the majority of teachers are so like they're so caught up in like, I must mold the minds for the future. I, I'm very important to these kids' lives. And in a way you are, but once you start putting your personal opinion in that, and you think that you're the end all be all, you're basically Jesus, you, you've lost your way. You don't get to decide how a parent parents their kids. And at the end of the day, the parents should have the option. And I believe in the United States, the Supreme Court ruled that they do get to determine the care of, of their children. You don't get to just decide against the children's will. Now on the other side, you can take your child out, you can try to homeschool them, send them to a different school. But the school board's supposed to answer to the parents. It's, yeah. not, it's not the other way around. You're not, you're not a judge. You're not a, an elected official. You were voted in. You're less than a city council member by far. Mm -hmm. And then you should be listening to the people. You're a representative, just like the union, Drea. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, how did people get to the point where their, like, young kids get comfortable with masks? Because when I was, like, really scared of this virus and I didn't understand, I thought it was dangerous to kids and stuff, I did try to get my son to put it on, and he's, like, like rips it off right away. So how do you break through that? Like, they know that they shouldn't be covering their nose and mouth, mm -hmm. which is what we tell them, <laughs> the, you know, the whole time, but... Another his, uh, hyper chat, I was going to say history chat because it's from History Club World. It seems like all the conservative parties have made it a habit to throw out people who don't support their dear leader. Barnes and Lowen and Alberta Sloan and this Yukon guy and someone else in Ontario, he mentions. All the guys above stretch from libertarian to social conservatives. Follow History Club World on Instagram. This is good product placement um, by History Club World on Instagram. Um, I hope it's pictures of old-timey globes. That's what I like. Um, Drea, it, it's true, and it makes you think that it is a uniparty situation where from NDP to, to Liberal Party, they're all pretty much the same, and even if they don't say it, they all pretty much, in the end of the day, want the same thing. Fair or unfair, mm -hmm. or do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. And... <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's just the same thing. That's all we're seeing, so. <laughs> Not getting an argument out of Trey Humphrey. Um, no. <laughs> David Menzies spent an ungodly amount of time uh, to make a hilarious and entertaining video about a incorrect traffic sign. Now, David Menzies, if you're listening, and I know you are, this is what I want your show to be. I want Menzies Marketplace or something where he goes out and, and he rustles feathers and he, you know, covers stories that for the people that other people aren't going to cover in the city and around the province. So this is a really entertaining video where a traffic sign, and I've driven, I drive through here, I think once a week, um, they have the wrong traffic sign. They have people merging from the wrong side and it causes extra congestion. I choose to drive through the neighborhoods, Drea, where they have these uh, weird speed bumps at the intersection, not just on the street, but at the intersection, they have a cement ramp with a cobblestone top 
and then a cement ramp on the other side. You literally have to go five kilometers an hour to get over it without damaging your car. It, obviously, it's hmm. working to really slow you down, but I'd rather go through that neighborhood than wait 20 minutes sitting for construction that's never going to end. And that's the problem. It's, at a, yeah. it's on this construction site that's been going for 10 years. I think they're trying to extend <laughs> an electric car line or something. Is that what it is, Justin? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, a train line or subway system or something. And it's been going for 10 years and they've got another two years. And I don't think this video would have been anything. And we'll show it in just a second before I ruin the whole thing. <laughs> um, I haven't I, seen this yet. So okay, you'll be I'm entertained. Um, yeah. But we can't show the whole thing because I want you guys to all watch it on rebelnews.com. But this could have been quashed if the construction workers that were there weren't acting as stereotypes. David Menzies says, hey, your sign's wrong. They're like, oh, call this office. He calls, they say, oh, go over here. He goes over there, they say, oh, call this other office. And they, they want all this stuff when if somebody just went out and looked at the sign, they could change it. Let's throw to that, Justin, please. For Rebel News here in Toronto. Well, folks, I'm having a falling down kind of day here. <laughs> Do you remember that 1993 movie, Falling Down, starring oh, yeah. Michael Douglas? It was about an individual who was brought to the brink thanks to so many indignities suffered in one day, such as being overcharged at a convenience store, looking at menu items at a fast food restaurant that did not meet the reality of the menu items. See, this is what I'm talking about. Turn around, look at that. You see what I mean? It's, it's plump, it's juicy, it's three inches thick. Now, look at this sorry, miserable, squashed thing. And of course, a road repair crew just sitting around doing nothing all day. And speaking of construction, that is what set me off. You see, I'm just a few hundred meters down from the Eglinton Crosstown LRT line. It's something that has been under construction for a decade now, if you can imagine. Um, it's over budget, it's uh, behind deadline, or as they say down at City Hall, business as usual. But here's what set me off. For several months now, this sign has been here telling motorists that the right lane is closed and to merge left. But the precise opposite is true. The left lane is closed and it is the right lane that you use. Inexplicably, you'll see just a few meters ahead of me, another road sign indicating the truth of the matter that the left lane is indeed uh, close. So what you see is this ballet of uh, traffic every day of people switching over to the left lane, whereas they should remain in the right lane. And the question is this, does the construction crew here know that they have incorrect signage or even worse, maybe they do know and they simply don't care? Well, you know what? Let's go ask them. Do you know you have the wrong signage directing traffic on Dufferin? So, did you know about the wrong signage? Or you don't care? He said caught to communications. So again, I don't know if they don't know or he just doesn't care. Let's try some other workers. By the way, I say workers in kind of a sarcastic fashion because I don't see anyone actually working. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, this fellow in the Honda Fit, he's in the correct lane, but he's trying to merge into the right lane, which is the incorrect lane, because he's obeying signage that is incorrect. I'm just wondering, do you know that you have the wrong signage on Dufferin? You're telling people that the right lane ends. Speak to Crosslinks, they're the ones that take care of yeah. that. Oh, okay. Do you, do you know that the signs are wrong or? Uh, we have nothing to do with uh, any of that. He has an ant farm that died last night though. <laughs> he had an ant farm that died? Wow, what a tragedy. <laughs> but, if you want to speak to somebody about the traffic, the office is right in here yeah, with the, like, the tinted yeah, windows. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, right there? Yeah. Okay then. Oh, hey guys. So, it's hilarious. He sends him into an office and David Menzies has to call somebody. Go to rebelnews.com to watch the rest of that, you guys. Click on David Menzies' page. Um, I understand, and it, and it seems like this was a, a prophetic thing, Drea. The reason that they can't just go and change the sign is because of their union rules. Because then you're eliminating somebody else's $100,000 job 
per year mm -hmm. to, to place signs. So it's not their fault that the so sign's wrong, but somebody, like, you gotta be doing the Don Cherry thing where you look around and you're like, -na -na -na, but somebody's <laughs> just gotta go look at the sign and change it. It's ridiculous. And you I don't know, know about you, Drea, but I want this to be David Menzies' show. I loved it. You know, I laughed so hard when he's like, I say working sarcastically <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they're all huddled. They're not doing anything. And they're talking about an ant farm. <laughs> Like, I'm clearly joking. On? Yeah, I, th yeah, I think they know that it's ridiculous, but they're not allowed to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, if we want to move on, we've got an event coming up. People have been emailing us for a year. When are you guys getting events going? Well, the we've even tried being in a legal case against the Saskatchewan government, and now finally we can have the Patrick Moore event. I think it's got to... How long has it been delayed for? Since I started working here, Trey, I, I think it was booked. I think a year, right? Yeah, at least. Like, yeah. So the Patrick Moore event is back on, and now the tickets are being sold. Um, everybody who stuck around and kept a ticket, God bless you. Um, some people gave up their tickets, so now you can buy them, and maybe they're just going to have to buy them back because they thought it wasn't going to happen, but it's happening. Justin, can we pull up the event page? I think we can, uh, I think on our homepage, you guys can just go and there's an event page, uh, reginaspeech.com. There's also a Facebook event, I'm told by our lovely and beautiful social media man, Yakov Pollock. Don't call him by his non-preferred pronouns. Um, an evening with Dr. Patrick Moore. A lot of people like Patrick Moore. They're willing to shell out money to come see him. Uh, and there, some people are even willing to wait over a year to come see him. So this is our first Rebel News Live event. It's a lovely speaker. I can promise you guys, that without giving you details, that more events will be coming. And you get preferential, uh, I, not for this one, but in future events, you will get preferential ticket sales if you are a member of the Producers Club on rebelnewsplus.com. We can... You know, uh, what's jockey over that, just to that, Justin? Is that an appropriate term, Drea? Jockey on over to rebelnewsplus.com um, <laughs> and see the different types of subscriptions you can come up with uh, to sign up and watch, you know, my show and uh, the other ones, including David Menzies' show. If you get that one on the right, $250 a year, then you will get, I believe, early access to the events. So um, go ahead and sign up for that one, Drea, I think. I think Drea... Yeah, and that... That yeah, one's a victory. That one's a victory over the mm -hmm. cancel culture mobsters because they tried to cancel his speaking event, and that's why Rebel did it. So, ugh. and there's a meet and greet and cheese and wine. I am a big fan of cheese. Um, intern Dakota buys our cheese, and then uh, oh. video editor Sydney, uh, Psycho Sid, eats all the cheese. So it's a hot <laughs> commodity here. Uh, we talked about Sid for a moment, Justin. If you want to just bring up Sid's latest video. Sid is a forager. He's a very interesting guy. He goes and he's able to pick out edible uh, fruits from local forests. <laughs> it's a really interesting thing. I just think Sid needs to get shout outs for how much of an interesting character he is. And he's got, I, he, I film hilarious segments with him called Smoke Breaks with Sid. He's just a, you know, an interesting guy who eats all the cheese that I want to eat. Um, so Patrick Moore event in Saskatchewan. What was the website again, Justin? Reginaspeech.com in Saskatchewan, of course. And if you're on our Facebook page, you can check out the events page there and you'll make Yakov Pollock very happy. Um, let's get to the uh, Sheila's latest video and then we'll talk about some of our new products on the store, Drea which uh, I have no doubt that you've been hawking in your videos because everybody <laughs> loves your content with shout out to Matt Brevner, um, possibly the, the best editor the West Coast has ever seen because you guys have mm -hmm. great videos out of there. But Sheila has a video and you know she's the master of the freedom of information requests, the eight tips as we call them in Canada. People just aren't always familiar with the name. She's the master of those. And she's got another good one based on how the Canadian government has been complaining, you know, they're getting threats. Um, this is why we need to censor the internet because of mean words and all that other stuff. But it turns out, you know, uh, they haven't had any, says the RCMP. <laughs> so let's go ahead and watch some of that video, Justin, and uh, we'll get your comments on that, Drea, because we know how much you hate the internet. <laughs> I think that Canada has a world-renowned public service, and it's in integral that we don't um, attack Great them to try it. and score political Great points. Headset. Everybody in, in this country, and especially elected officials, have, I think, a responsibility, a, a duty to ensure that, that, that we protect 
our, our, our institutions and that the last thing we should try and do is, is, is to, to, to somehow diminish them just, just in the hope that we could, we could score points. Recently released access to information documents revealed that those delicate members of parliament are not quite as endangered as the liberals say they are. Certainly not endangered enough to necessitate the censorship of every man, woman, and child in this country. Sheila Gunn Reid for Rebel News. And you know what, friends? I read a lot of government documents and emails that will absolutely chill you to the bone. Today is no different. That's why I love my cozy and warm Keep Fighting for Freedom Rebel News hoodie available at rebelnewsstore.com. There's something there for everybody. And the hoodies, I got to tell you, they do look great underneath your prairie tuxedo jacket, if I do say so myself. Now, for the news of the day, have you heard about the new censorship law that hasn't quite been written yet, but it is coming? Nonetheless, you can see what the coming law is meant to do by reading the Liberals' own discussion papers on their plan to censor the internet to end free speech and criticism of the government online. And you can also see their plans to punish those who run afoul of the new government news blasphemy rules and sign our petition to fight back because no one else is at stopthecensorship.ca. We have to fight back while it's still legal to. Now, one of the reasons for all this censorship, I sort of alluded to it earlier, and the censorship czar, Heritage Minister Stephen Gilbo, he admitted to the reason. It's that life is hard out there for public servants like MPs and bureaucrats. It's rough when those serfs who pay their overinflated salaries say mean things to them on the internet. Take a listen to this. We've seen too many examples of public officials retreating from public service due to the hateful online content targeted towards themselves or even their families. I have seen firsthand, alongside other Canadians, the damaging effects harmful content has on our families, our values, and our institutions. And of course, perpetual victim Catherine McKenna, the failed environment minister who once said she had no time for climate deniers and who has eventually shuffled over to fail as the infrastructure minister who lost track of billions of dollars in taxpayer-funded projects. Well, she routinely talks about how she needs an advanced security detail because of death threats to her. However, in this article about her so-called victimhood, the evidence provided by McKenna suggests that people just shouted rude things at her and the odd swear word, but not any actual death threats. It's not nice to do those things, but those aren't death threats. Now, the information I'm going to share with you to debunk those claims by Gilbo about the dangers of being in government and why that necessitates one of the harshest censorship laws in the free world, this new news blasphemy law, isn't exclusive to Rebel News. These documents aren't just ours. At this point, these documents belong to everybody. Now, what do I mean by that? This question and the resulting answer was asked by someone or an organization, and for a time, that access to information was exclusive to the person who filed it. But eventually, these documents end up being proactively released to the public so that everybody can see them and know them and use them. That's why at Rebel News, we closely monitor these proactive releases. And here's what we found. Look at this. Organization, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, year 2021, month May. And then it gives the request number. Here's the request summary, so what the person asked for. They wanted to obtain a copy of any statistics or data in the possession of the RCMP showing the number of times that federal ministers received death threats for each of the following years from 2016 to 2020. Disposition, no records exist, number of pages, zero. The mainstream media could have asked this question and discovered the information. However, the information doesn't fit their narrative about the poor endangered politician in need of censorship laws and crackdowns on citizens to protect them from imminent danger. The mainstream media often abandons this sort of inconvenient information all the time, but with proactive releases, it can't stay buried forever. It's all there, 
all we have to do is do the work of looking. It's one of the reasons why Trudeau's new censorship plan is coming for Rebel News and other independent media. We report the things the mainstream media is paid by Trudeau through endless bailouts and subsidies to either ignore or sometimes bury. To send a message to the Trudeau government that we should not be censoring free people in a free society, that the right to free expression is a fundamental human right, and that there is no right of politicians and well-paid bureaucrats to not have their feelings hurt by the very people for whom they work, please visit stopthecensorship.ca. For Rebel News, I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed. Really doing the Lord's work. I think what happens here is, you know how like sometimes, I mean, this happened to Eminem, the rapper. He made fun of Trump and the Secret Service comes and checks out any possible threat on the president's life. If somebody's threatening a politician in yeah. Canada, then they're going to send the RCMP to investigate. So it mm -hmm. seems to me what happened is the RCMP never got any messages to investigate any threats. And as a formality, they probably wanted them to check anyway. So then they recheck with the government to see if they've received any death threats and zero pages exist. Zero. What a, what a time to be alive. Stephen Gilboa's glasses alone make me not want to trust him, okay? He needs the Michael Douglas glasses. Well, you know, and that's what why they're going for trying to come at you just because they think you may hurt their feelings, that's right. right? They want to take it to the other level because they have no evidence of this. Well, if you think words are violence, then here we are, right? We've got more super chats, uh, hyper chats, just, uh, you know gulag chats if you want to call it that from rumble flame 2323 says i'm going to see dr patrick moore and ezra in regina september 14th justin are we confirmed that ezra's going to that mm -hmm. okay yeah he's gone that's pretty confirmed is it public <laughs> i think so i don't know so i think but, so he said okay. he's going <laughs> okay well then you get all all the kitten caboodle then patrick moore and ezra in regina he's probably going because you know uh in in Regina, it's been so, you know, locked down and everything. You just want, like, give the people the bang for their buck. And uh, and, and it's going to be an exciting time for people going there, especially those who bought tickets like two years ago. It's crazy that we're not allowed to do things in this country. History Club World says the federal government just mandated that all public servants and federally regulated jobs will be mandated to get vaxxed. Follow History Club World on Instagram. Shout out to Justin and our lost freedom. Whoa, yeah, you, wow, you're on he, it. he really hit that one out of the park. We need to get it so it goes by me so I can look at it like the Hillary Clinton meme. Whoa, the, the hit the baseball out of the park. I think that was my video actually I'm referencing so nobody's going to get that unless they're an old school YouTube subscriber of mine. Rebecca Anderson says on Odyssey, as someone who has a background in developmental psychology, it will be interesting and sad to see the studies comparing the development of kids who were surrounded by masks and kids who weren't. Love the work you do and the different perspectives everyone brings to current issues. As a black woman, Drea, I'm inclined to agree. Um, I don't know about you, but on a, in a serious <laughs> note that, yeah, the studies that come out um, for kids and the psychological damage that this has caused on them, both Zoom, I don't know if it's psychological or just stunting of learning for Zoom classes, but the masks, as we discussed, you, you know there's something wrong with that. That's why we don't just do it. Am I right? Well, yeah, we've even, um, I mean, we don't know exactly which part of all of this is causing it, but obviously there's a suicide increase. There's an increase in Tourette's in kids. There's an increase in anorexia. I mean, enough of this already. Let's really stick up for our most vulnerable. We've got some breaking news of some stupidity in the country of Canada. Can we go ahead and bring that up? Um, federal government to require vaccinations for all federal public services, air and train passengers. So servants, part pardon me, federal public servants. So anyone who works for the federal government and air and train <sighs> passengers, you need to reach as many Canadians as, as we possibly can, says the Omar Algebra, who got his name from a math book. Transport Minister Omar Algebra announced today that the federal government will soon require <laughs> that all public servants be vaccinated, a mandate that he said will be implemented by Crown Corporations and other federally federally regulated businesses in the coming week. While Canada's vaccination rate is among the highest in the world, which it is, 81% of all eligible have had at least one dose. 
Aldebar said the country must do better. So we've gotten past flatten the curve. We've gotten past herd immunity. Um, we, we want to go to COVID zero. We want to go to full communist. Omar Algebra doesn't care. He says that the hell with people's rights. If you work for the government, you were the first to become our slaves and do whatever we require of you. There's a mandatory requirement to go to work in a federal workplace or work in the government of Canada. Starting soon, all commercial air travelers and passengers on interprovincial trains and large uh, marine vessels with overnight accommodations such as cruise ships will have to be vaccinated, Algebra said. He uh, said accommodations will be made for those who are unable to get the vaccine, such as testing and screening. So say goodbye to your country. Um, you can't travel wow. with it. You can't travel with uh, in to different provinces. How can you tell, like, this is civil rights, human rights, business rights. Justin said, I hit it out of the ballpark, I guess, with that comment. Um, how can you, you're trampling on businesses' rights. Now you are telling businesses they have to require something to take a train. It's hard for me not to swear right now, Andrea. This is enraging. So you can't travel. Basically, traveling is gone. We have a new social credit system. And if you don't adhere to the government's vaccine mandate, which, oh, it's not actually required. You just can't do anything, you guys. Then you can no longer travel. Uh, the country is going down the tube. Um, I don't know what else to say, Andrea, without becoming unhinged like a, a Hillary Clinton debate. Well, we have to be really concerned about that uh, part of our uh, our charter rights that says that we can be reasonably infringed upon. I mean, that's right. We need to fix that. Um, I think we have more chats here. Roxanne, if I'm reading her numerology correctly. Hey, Drea, have you heard about Phil's Brewery in Victor Victoria asking for proof of vaccine entry for their music festival in September? Yes, I got an email about that that I'm going to follow up on. It was actually just brought to my attention, I think, last night. So, yes. Well, if you I'm can't get it. there by foot and you need to take a train, guess what? You're going to have to be vaccinated anyways. Uh, on Rumble, Chronic Bud 99 I am blown away. I ordered my Rebel shirts and hoodie last Friday night. Canada Post delivered them in less than a week. That is unheard of. And we can go ahead and bring up the rebelnewsstore.com, Justin Terry, because we have promo codes. We have new products. We have um, hoodies. I think, I thought the hoodies were, okay, they're not talking about the zip-up hoodies. We won't even mention we that. We have Menzies. Get your Menzies gear. What's this new sun? I haven't seen this sun one. What's this? I, I will, will not, not comply, comply. with, a, with a, a sunny face. That's pretty funny. That, a friendly uh, way of saying. <laughs> Freedom isn't free is one of our top sellers. So is 1984. was not an instruction manual. I have that <laughs> shirt. Um I don't know if this, I'm supposed to say the store guy's name, so I'm just saying, send me more shirts, store guy. Uh, what else do we got mm -hmm. here? Drea, what are these, some of the ones that you like? I like the ones that say Rebel, man. Keep it classic, too. <laughs> it, you know, I love Keep those Keep it ones. classic, man. And there, the Menzies, the Menzies. <laughs> you know what I th think I noticed? My husband's in, jealous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> jealous of David Menzies? Of his <laughs> if body? I, if I wear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Or are you? I noticed in David Menzies' video that it seems like he's got a new clipboard, and that would be because a member of the Conservative Party in Ontario stole his clipboard, I think, if I'm correct, Justin. Were they? Oh, yeah. Did he get that back? I don't know. They certainly took photos of it and picked it up while he was in police custody. So that's always a good look. Yeah, the Rebel shirt, and it is available in female styles. Since we believe in yeah. 16 genders here, we'll have all the other genders covered soon. Um, but no, I love the ones that just say rebel. That was actually, I believe, an idea from marketing genius Alex Y in the back room. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I love those shirts. I used to wear the, the beanie, the toque in the winter that just says yeah. rebel, the white one. Love the beanie. Um, we need an investigation into David Menzies' clipboard shopping. I think that should be the next video um, on Rebel Roundup that you can watch on Rebel News Plus on Friday nights, Justin. Friday night, that's tonight. Uh, I'm told it's already all filmed, so we probably won't get the new clipboard story in there. But uh, um, so I, I'm hoping David Menzies comes up with that as a show. Retool your show around what I want, David Menzies. I think we're out of time, uh, Dr. Drea Humphrey. Um, shout out to Abby like Many. <laughs> I came up with it like a year ago. I'm going to have to say it more than if you if you haven't heard it. Um, so shout out to Abby Many, who's doing. Amazing work in Australia. We didn't have time to get to his video, so you can go to yamenireport.com. Report, report, Justin. 
I, re I really reach out to them. Go to our, our website and you'll see Avi's latest video. It's one of the top trending stories right now. And, uh, and it's yuminireport.com if you want to sign up to Avi's mailing list so you can't miss any of his videos. Maybe you're in the Western Hemisphere and Australia time is only for those people who stay up till 5 a.m. So you'll get emailed all of Avi's videos. Last words to you, Drea Humphrey, as we head into, you know, our totalitarian futures. Don't give up hope. It's like Andrew said, their power in numbers, the grassroots can come together and make a difference. So much more positivity from Drea than myself. I apologize. <laughs> Remember that I wouldn't to. lie to you, except for maybe this once. Shout out to producer <laughs> Justin. Thank you, Drea. Shout out to all the people who sent us hyper chats. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Bye.